Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is strictly confidential. Hey, Jackson, how's your week been? Well, I've had a, pr- a pretty eventful week, my dude. On Tuesday, I broke my ankle. Oh, boy. And by broke my ankle, I mean I figured out how to break every part of every section of my ankle and then successfully did it. As efficiently as possible, I might add. I, I've heard people talk about how sometimes there are different orders in which you want to break the parts of your ankle. And I did it all at once just to knock it all out. And I think people are going to write about that for for a while. <laughs> It felt like true innovation. And so if it sounds like I'm being any different at all in this episode, it's because I am on doctor-prescribed opioids. Wow. He just said it. It has meant that when friends are over, uh, friends have been over and like offered me a beer, I'll have to say, I have to choose between opioids and alcohol right now. (laughs) And And the opioids? And I don't know if you've seen the billboards, but uh, the opioids pretty good. I wouldn't say that I'm going to get addicted to them because I feel like I have the logic to know, okay, when the bottle runs out, I don't need to try and find a source of more. Right. Worst case scenario, I can do a couple ibuprofen and a Tylenol. That'll do great. But right now, if I have to choose between opioids and like a PBR, I'm going to choose opioids because it hurts not to. Yeah. It hurts bad not to. I'm having to to walk around and keep this. That's the wildest thing about surgery to me is that when they're done, it's not like it will automatically start feeling better. You just will think it will automatically feel better because they're giving you right. medicine to hide the pain for the whole time. Right. It's still there. It's still 100% there. And that freaks me out because I realized that a couple days ago and I looked down at my leg and thought, if I took this boot off, I'd see something probably pretty gross. Yeah. I mean, it's going to smell dank when I take it off in two weeks, but it's going to hopefully have healed up some. You don't even know what color is under there. Yeah. I mean, when the when the doctors were taking my vitals, they would ask questions and it would be like, do you have a, uh, I don't even know what the word was. So do you, I'll just say, do you have a secondary apprentice? Like that's not what it was, but I don't. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. And I said, okay, I've got no idea what that is. You mean, did they asked if you were a legal guardian? No, they asked if I had, I don't know what it was, but so many little things like that where they were like, do you know the names of the bones in your leg? And I said, sometimes I call him Jeffrey. Like, I don't know the names of the bones in my leg. Now, I mean, now I do and I will because there are metal plates on them in the future, but I just, there's so much. Like going through this whole process, there's so much that I've learned that I don't know at all about my own body. The only one I get. So you can't go through an airport anymore. So, I mean, you know this, but I don't know how many of our listeners know this. I, when I was, I don't know what age I was, I must have been around 17 in 2012. I broke my forearm, my left forearm. Um, and it broke in half. And so I they had to put a metal plate on both of my bones uh, but they told me that it was stainless steel, I think. It could have been something else, but what I remember is stainless steel. They told me that it wouldn't appear in airport x-rays. However, now I have more machinery because I also dunked up my ankle. And my orthopedist said that likely now I will have the luxury of being pulled over in the airport for having metal in my face. <laughs> 
which a lot of people would regard as a negative thing. Personally, kind of hyped about it. Yeah. How cool is it to get special treatment anywhere? Like if I was sitting at Chili's and somebody, a gunman comes in and has everyone put their hands up and says, does anybody have metal in their bones? I wouldn't even care what he wanted to do. I'd still be a little excited. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I haven't figured out how you can pivot this in your favor. I can't see how this becomes a super ability that you can use. But you know, it's yeah, like so you build the app and then you figure out how to monetize it later. You know, you, you put metal in the person and then you figure out how to turn him into a superhero. Well, this is a decent amount different because in this situation, it's not like I tripped and invented Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and really, that's the only reason that arm injury is the, only, is the only reason that you haven't just been, we're not doing an entire episode on your ankle injury. Because if I had injured my ankle to that degree, it's all I could talk about. But you have already experienced your arm exploding. So this ankle thing is not quite so dramatic. And I also realized a couple things. One, I don't want to gross people out because the story of actually how the angle broke is pretty disgusting. Yeah. That's a position of power, by the way. Like, when I know. you have a gross-out story and you can just, like, basically uh, hold that over someone who has a weaker stomach, that's, that's a power position. But our friendly listener here... I don't get to see the expression on their face right. when I make the gross story. And that's the full payoff. Is I have, I've told friends about it and they've done stuff like, ooh, and like shivered and stuff. And that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Whereas here, I can't really do that. We don't get to watch you squirm. But yeah. And then the other reason I don't want to do it is I have had so many people ask me about it, uh, come visit and ask me about it and just wanted me to tell about it i've seen strangers and just explained it to them i am kind of at the i've told so many people about it i'm almost tired of telling it right now yeah <laughs> and i would rather talk about some something more interesting instead of a hinge in my bones okay well i would love to talk about something more interesting as well and i think that you have something pre-prepared I do have something pre-prepared, my good co-host. Instead of talking about the hinge in my bones, I'd like to talk about the hinge in England. Today we're talking... Talking about the mystery of Stonehenge. Love it. As I did a couple weeks ago, I wanted to do another speed round just because there are a couple things we know about Stonehenge and those are interesting but not the curious things. And I'd rather okay. get in and dive deep in the curious things. So we want to do another speed round? Yeah, fast facts. Okay, let's start the clock. Stonehenge is a prehistoric monument found three kilometers or two miles, as us Americans and normal people would say, west of Amesbury, England. The stones are around 13 feet tall, seven feet wide, and weighing over 25 tons each. Archaeological, well, I'm gonna try that word again. Archaeologists traditionally believed it was created between 3000 and 2000 BC. One article theorizes that it was built because it, its people finally had permanent settlements so they would have more free time. And who wouldn't build Stonehenge in their free time? <laughs> and lastly, it's been legally protected by the government of England since 1882, which is more than you can say for our friend Nessie. Cut the clock. Very nice. The word archaeologist was not meant to be a tongue twister. Sped red. Yeah, not meant to be a sped red. And it's also, it's a good word. Every word that has weird stuff like three vowels next to each other always makes me a little bit uneasy. 
Because in the middle of the word archaeologist, they have A-E-O. And how are you supposed to figure out how to make that sound? Right. Like, I mean, the word beautiful makes a little bit more sense because you do say every one of those letters. I was going to use that exact same word as an example. One of those words you spell it out in your head and you're always like, no matter what order you put those three in, it's going to look wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's just weird. But yeah, let's talk about Stonehenge. There is evidence of large-scale construction on and around the monument, and a lot of people have extended the landscape's time frame uh, to 6,500 years as how long it took them to build it, which is crazy. But even as recently as 2014, they've discovered a way to see ghosts of the structures that were built alongside it through underground mapping systems. Because I think wow. everybody knows, for the most part, so, I think everybody... I mean, can we, I'm guessing we can use that as context clues right to figure out what the function of stonehenge was yeah because i think since we all know what stonehenge looks like we all know it as something that looks not all there anymore, uh, and not right? particularly functional even when it was all there and we imagine it to be something much larger and much vaster because there are structures in that part of the world from that time period that are still there that are impressive and so we we imagine it to be bigger at least, because it looks like there are parts that are left out. But yeah, the this only happened in 2014, so we don't have much off of it yet. And I couldn't find if there was anything even you could say off of it yet. But the idea is that in the near future, we should be able to estimate more that was built alongside Stonehenge through the underground mapping systems. But yeah, the, the whole construction of it is pretty crazy because the stones came from a quarry that was 18 miles away and they had to be carried by humans. Because, I mean, at that point, they didn't have like Ford F-150s. Sure. They couldn't put it on uh, a giant metal thing that would just move it 18 miles. They had to figure out ways for humans to carry it. Yeah, and do we know what that is? Or is this like another pyramid situation where we just say like oh we don't know how they would have done it so it was aliens or they used some deep gaia magic so we don't have any history actually written down about stonehenge which is what makes it so interesting we have we have stuff we found like uh, most people think it's a burial ground and researchers have exhumed body fragments of about 83 different people or 63 different people on the site meaning that either A, it actually was a burial ground, or B, that many people have just died there. Also, the word exhumed just means dug up, but Very it was nice. fancy and in the source. Added so. to the list. So I want to believe that there was a great conflict that happened at Stonehenge, and it had already been constructed for another purpose, and all of the body fragments found was from some great duel, some great skirmish 5,000 years ago. And there was something over over the land, or do you think that because of the skirmish, this is where they built Stonehenge, or do you think Stonehenge was here and they built and then they had the skirmish? Um, I guess if it was already built, it would explain all the bodies because it would be a pretty shitty fortress. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. Although the weird thing is that most of the bodies seem to be in pretty good shape. Oh, like obvi okay. obviously they're super dead. Yeah. As good a shape as you could expect. But they're not like the skull was bashed in by a rock or an arrow okay. or something. Okay. And so that's why people view it as burial grounds. It's because 
for the most part, people think, oh, it probably was burial grounds. Ah, but that's kind of the least interesting answer, isn't it? Yeah, but if you're curious, I have four more options. Okay. You want to dive into those? One of them it better be like summoning a demon or something yeah. like that. I know that the, the, the most fun ones are definitely like it being some sort of magical device, temple, some element in a ritual that is from a long dead religion we don't understand. But let's let's I don't want to spoil anything for you, but as you know, I am an entertainer, and so I am going to save the best for last. <laughs> okay, sweet. That being said, let's move to the second one. <laughs> one rumor is that it was used to be constructed or it was constructed to be used celestially as some sort of sundial or way to interact with space. Now we're talking. And so people could have viewed this as a way to pay attention and study shadows of the sun or pay attention and study predictions of the future. Hmm. Um, the tricky thing about all this, like I said a minute ago, is that we don't have any history or documentation of this being created or of people around this time other than what we have found on the site. And right. that's just nice looking bodies. Yeah. I mean, and that so, claim would be way more believable if there was something really unique about its location in re like in relation to the path of the sun. You know, if, if they found out that in that exact spot at this time of year, the sun was the highest point. You know what I mean? Like, if it was just functioning as a very fancy sundial, why couldn't they do that way closer to the quarry where the rocks came from? Why would you need to drag them 18 miles away? from the quarry right like assume like presumably you could do that anywhere and why'd it have to be so big yeah that too that too but yeah so yeah i couldn't find much more about this either but i the idea that it was some sort of celestial studies device is so interesting and what's even more interesting to me is actually that i couldn't find anything more about it because if this was the case then we have to suspend the belief that these people knew something about space that was either not passed down or was lost at some point in time. Otherwise, we would know for sure that this was a space study device. Right. Which is so interesting. The next one, which is probably the closest to what you're thinking about demon witchcraft magic stuff. Yeah. Is that a lot of people assume that this place was a place of protective healing. And so the reason all these bodies are in such great shape is because they were brought here and healed. Interesting. And, frag and the fragments of the stone nearby uh, imply that they could have been used as protective talismans to be worn as jewelry that were kind of a, if I put this around my neck, my ankle will heal faster. Stuff like that. I really like this. I really like the idea of it being a sort of witch doctor hospital. And so with this one, the thing that I was most curious about was what would be the need for not just creating like a building? I understand it's supposed to be kind of army of darkness style um, area of kind of, I don't know, holiness with these weird sculptures around you. But What's the what would be the purpose of the sculptures? Would that be a very intentional part? And one that was there, it would be a huge ordeal to move these rocks here and put them in this formation. So was it for one specific person that they needed to heal? That would be a huge production. It would have to be some form of ruler or king 
Well, it was, I'm imagining it would be somebody that was something similar to a, a princess or a queen where they are, or a king or queen or uh, prince or something. They needed this person healed. And the only way they could figure out to do it was to go through this witch or wizard or something. And the way the witch or wizard said was, you need all of these things to happen. Because I don't imagine they had six people who all had pneumonia and this guy was like, the only way we could do it is if you move these giant rocks here. Right. You know what I mean? It, it has to be for one specific person. And that is the HBO series I'd watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Did we have one more theory? Or was that the... Oh, we have uh, three more. Oh my gosh. Okay. Because uh, I have questions, but I'm going to save them for the end. Let's, let's get we through We have two more. more. Actually, uh, then let's move on to the next theory. Stephen Waller, a researcher in archaeacoustics, claims that it was built as a soundscape experiment. Hell yes. Which is really cool. Apparently, hypothetically and magically, if two pipers were playing their instruments at the same time on different sides of the, the hinge, you could stand in a specific spot and their instruments would fully cancel each other out. What the heck? Th that still happens? So I couldn't figure out if that actually still happens, but that's a true belief that people have about Stonehenge. Wow. Okay. Because I mean, if that still works when the formation is in a disarray, when it's, in, I mean, compared to what it looked like 6,000 years ago, what we have now undoubtedly is in shambles. But if you can still achieve that effect with what's left, it must have been something incredible when it was constructed. Yeah, I imagine that that could, if it works at all now, that could hypothetically work um, entirely at the time from anywhere around it. Right. But yeah, apparently it, that does still work. Uh, this scientist Waller experimented by having blindfolded participants walk into a field as two pipers played. And, they, and then he had the volunteers tell him whenever he thought a barrier existed between them and the sound. There weren't exactly barriers in the field right now, but acoustic dead spots created by sound wave interference. And he was able to kind of map out exactly where those spots were. Again, that kind of begs the question as to, like, it, it makes you question the location of the Stonehenge. Because, I mean, think about the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. You know, it, you, it's one of the most beautiful outdoor venues in the world because it makes use of these rock formations, which naturally create this beautiful resonant sound. And they had to do very little to make this venue uh, have a good outdoor acoustics because that's what makes it so special, is that it's really rare that you find a rock formation that can be used for a concert that actually has good acoustics. And I wonder if the location is something, again, that plays a role in Stonehenge, if this were the case where it was a something about its position, where it is on a hill, something about the quality of the air, I don't know, that would alter the sound quality. See, I don't know if this was actually, I think you may be making too much of a deal about exactly where it was. Yeah, I'm, I, you're right, because there, like, there could have just been a, a very large and important village immediately nearby that we would have no record of now. So, well, <coughs> well, even two miles west of it was Amesbury. Yeah. How far back does that place go, though? Probably not 6,000 years. I don't know. I trust that. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your side on this actually. I bet the location was probably pretty important. Even if there was a village there, you could probably say that the place that the village was was there because of Stonehenge. Like they found this location, thought this spot is important. We don't know why yet. We don't know how yet, but this spot is important. Let's build a village near it until we figure it out. I could see that being the case. I, The sound thing is so weird because the idea, I mean, how would you figure that out until you had already had the stones there? Right. It doesn't seem like something that could happen on accident. It doesn't seem like something you would stumble upon because you would have to put the stones there to stumble upon it, right? Exactly. And so that's what rules that one out. While that one's one of the most interesting, it's also the one of the least likely because you wouldn't, I don't know, maybe they did a, a tiny scale version of it somewhere else. I was going to say, I don't even know if this works on a smaller scale. So testing it may have not even been an option either. Yeah, I've got no idea. And then the last, uh, the last theory, which is my personal favorite, um, is the rumor that s- the construction of Stonehenge was used for team building. <laughs> the idea that this is like just a corporate Tuesday is so funny that like imagine imagine you're working at Microsoft and Bill Gates comes downstairs and says, hey team, today we're taking off and I need you guys to come outside with me. We're going to carry these 25 ton blocks 18 miles you'd quit right (laughs) you would just quit except they would definitely try to ham it up and make it something cool and fun and be like we're going to the hinge we're going to the hinge and we're going to do an experiment so you're saying you're saying the activity was the actual construction i was thinking that the rocks are placed at different heights because you have you first you start with a normal trust fall then you fall from this from the smaller rock and then you go higher and higher until finally you're jumping into the to the careful arms of your coworkers. So it's like loosely American Ninja Warrior in your mind? Yeah. It's a ropes course before they uh before they had the rope. I wonder so it's it's a nationally protected monument by the European government. I wonder if it would actually if people have ever tried to do that and tried to like jump across, use it as a kind of obstacle course. Because I imagine that that's probably the reason it was protected. It's like when you walk into a store and it says, please don't poop on the counter. You know that that sign is there because somebody did. <laughs> right. And so I imagine it's a nationally protected monument because people were trying stuff like that, right? Yeah, stuff like that or people sacrificing goats and praying to our mother Gaia and trying to channel some of that magic energy. Uh, probably a pretty sick place to tag if you're a graffiti artist. Lots of reasons. Yeah, but that those are the five main theories. The I'll, I'll list them off real fast for you again. Burial ground, uh, space study device, healing platform, soundscape experiment thing, and ropes course. Man, it's it's. I probably got to go with burial ground as the most likely. It's just the least interesting. I think you could as reasonably go for the healing one. That's true. And I think the healing one is so much more interesting and has so much more we could articulate or speculate about it that it's the one I'm going with. Yeah, some sort of religious connotation goes hand in hand with the strangeness. Because this is very different than the way other people would be buried at this time. Right. And I think we could pretty easily, just as easily as we came up with arguments against the healing ground one, the burial ground one was probably just as easy. Like we could say 
there are so many different monuments here, and none of these bodies seem particularly special. Other right, than the fact- that too, that too. You you really wouldn't have something so spectacular for uh, just a common folk peasant, right? Especially if at this point we're supposed to presume that this was before most written language, why would you put stones there? Because for the most part, gravestones like that were used as ways to signify specific details. And these were unmarked, so... Yeah, and so I, I think you could probably argue just as well that this is not that as much as you could argue that it is the healing ground. I do think that the likelihood of it being an actual space study device or a soundscape experiment or uh, a ropes course is unlikely. But I think the main two you could go either way on. And that's why I'm leaning more towards healing ground because it is more interesting. But yeah, what are your questions on Stonehenge? You said you had a couple. How much do we know about the indigenous peoples that that could have constructed it? And it sounds like little to none. I mean, if we're talking pre-written history. It really becomes an educated guess and a random guess are pretty much one and the same. So yeah, we know loosely about kind of what the area was like in terms of land at that point we don't know as we don't know almost anything because this is kind of prehistory this is pre we can look at it in a textbook and know okay the romans were here at this time or whatever it's hard to figure out exactly who was here and who could have been here because the people at that time were moving around right and didn't have any interest in staying in one spot because it was almost impossible to at that point and so we don't really know much about the monument itself. It's just so interesting that these unmarked, largely featureless rocks, we know more about these than we do the people who would have constructed it. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, what we think is that it was constructed by people who were connected to like a farming, an agrarian community. Because agrarian communities would be the first reason to stay in one spot. Other than that, hunting and gathering doesn't make sense to stay in one spot because then you'll completely dilute the area and empty out all of the, the assets. Right. Whereas with, with agrarian communities, you can build everything and put everything together and get it all, all in one right there. And can then, if I want to... I mean, I've always just put up a tent and slept in that tent, but you're telling me I could build a home that's a little bit nicer since we're going to be here for a lot longer? Yeah. That so works it, great. It, it at least implies that it was a civilization advanced enough that it reached the agrarian phase, because just from the fact that it is a permanent structure. Listen, I'm all about protecting this national, international monument, this landmark to pre-civilization, this testament to the ingenuity of even the earliest humans why do they it closes at 7 p.m i had to look up stonehenge because i we're, we're doing this episode because of my creativity of making stonehenge out of jenga blocks at a bar and then no one appreciated the painstaking accuracy of that recreation <laughs> uh and i for the rest of the night I, and alien knows that i wouldn't shut up about the fact that i looked up stonehenge and it said closed I'm like, they closed the rocks? The rocks aren't open? 7 p.m., they close rocks. 7 p.m., rock don't open no more. We got 7 p.m., 7 p.m., rock lights off. 
Listen, the bills are been super high. It's the summer months. We're turning off the rocks at 7 p.m. tonight. That whole, I mean, I guess it's a national monument. And if you're going somewhere like, uh, I mean, I can't think of another national monument like that. But if you're going somewhere, like I can think of places like Yellowstone. They don't really want you visiting the geysers at night. And that's less about saving electricity or anything and more about if you get hit by a geyser at night, nobody's there to protect you. So it's about right. not wanting to have people on site. But yeah, I the idea that this stack of rocks has a timeline and a, a weekly schedule seems ridiculous. But yeah, that's. I wish I could give you more information on Stonehenge because that's what I try and do on this show is give you a little bit more background. But all I can really fill us in about is what people believe about it because there's so little actual history beyond just images and we found some bodies that don't have anything to give us. Let's I love this because this makes us experts on the same level as any other expert. Any other Stonehenge expert just has a cooler sounding guess and they can put it more eloquently, but they really have the exact same information to base that guess around that anyone else does and that's what's so much fun about this to me is that since nobody knows even which theory is close to the right one so many theories are available yeah a, a kid who is visiting stonehenge with his family could be like oh i bet they used this rock to cook their food and he could just be right that could have been that could have been correct as far as we know and it's it's amazing to me that that there are still stuff there is still stuff in this world that is like that that there is still stuff in this world that we've been in so long that we've discovered so much science like Asher and I are recording this podcast in completely different states on completely different devices and then Asher will send me the audio and I will edit it and upload it and you're listening to it now probably through headphones all of that stuff has happened and we still don't know what these rocks do yeah, and it's not a natural occurrence. It's not a phenomena that comes from some sort of like cataclysmic event or the shifting of tectonic plates. It's something that we made for us, and we can't even figure it out. That's amazing. Well, it's no mystery why the album Burden of Proof was written. It's for the pleasure of your listening. Uh, I said that in the weirdest way possible, but I could use that transition pretty much any, any week. Talking about our theme song, the intro song, Threadbare off the album Burden of Proof by Glenn Merle. You can check out the rest of that album on Spotify, iTunes, any place that streams music, and his new EP, which is also out, and it slaps. And then if you want to follow us on our social media, we post there about stuff like why we didn't have an episode last week, and it was because I last minute went to visit family and realized that family is more important than this show, as much as I love producing it. Um... If you want to follow us on our social media, we post about stuff like that. We post about stuff like what our next episode is going to be about. If you weren't listening to this episode and just cut in around 30 minutes in, you could check our Instagram and see what the beginning of this episode was about. I don't know how that would happen. And I, that's a purely hypothetical situation that I don't think could happen. But, but we won't stop you. We won't stop you because who's to say? The, our Instagram is Strictly Confidential Show and our Twitter is S Confident Show. Then if you want to shoot us an email about topics you want us to talk about, stuff you know about topics we talked about and don't know as much, stuff you want to correct us on, because a lot of the times we'll say stuff that we aren't 
100% certain on or we found on the internet and could be very wrong because as we know from Abraham Lincoln, not everything on the internet is true. You can email us at strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. If you have a theory that you're passionate about or a personal experience with the paranormal or other secrets that you've uncovered, then we'd probably like to interview you for the show because we like doing interview episodes. Uh, and if you have a best friend, tell them to listen to this show because you guys have similar tastes and things. If you like this, then they might like this. And word of mouth is the best way that this show grows. And yeah, is that all we do? That's all we do, I think. I can't believe I forgot to do it. <laughs> I really... You will never remember, my man. Well, I've been Jackson. And I've been Asher. And as always, this has been Strictly Confidential, and I need you to stay Rocky Balboa 3, the squeak wolf. Get it? Because it's it's stony and stones? No. Like Rocky. Rock is the name of a, a stone. Oh, no, it's funny. Okay. <laughs>